This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Andy Murray, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast brought to you in association with The Telegraph live from day one of the Fever Tree Championships at the Queen's Club. And Gigi Salmon and myself, Catherine Whitaker, are sat on the commentator's gantry overlooking the quite glorious centre court here at Queen's. And there is tennis still happening, Gigi. <laughs> tennis still happening. It's doubles. It's Feliciano and Mark Lopez, not brothers, uh, up against Oliver Marac and Mate Pavic, also not brothers. So less necessary to point that out. We are three minutes away from kickoff in England v Tunisia. I can't see any radios pressed to ears or phones. Every, the crowd that are remaining, and I'd say that there's a good couple of thousand of them. I'm very bad at gauging numbers usually, but let's go with a couple of thousand. They're very engrossed in this tennis. It's good to see. Yeah, I think we've got the, the hardened tennis fans, I think, have, I think have stayed. Anyway, this is a bonus match. It wasn't scheduled uh, to be on the centre court today, but uh, we and the crowd and the players, no doubt, are very glad that it is. We have had four singles matches played on the centre court today, all of them straight sets matches some of them more competitive than others was there one that stood out for you Gigi? I was keen to see Denis Shapovalov because he's one of those names that a little bit like Nick Kyrgios you're you're drawn to when you see him on a schedule because he's so exciting so fun his favorite surface is the grass he obviously played here last year going down to Gilles Muller it's tough against someone like Muller but I was quite intrigued to see how Shapovalov did but felt well in the end as you said just straight sets throughout the day yeah 7-6 seven, 7-6 six, seven, six, the defeat for uh, Shapovalov today I think it could be I don't think it's a particularly hard def- defeat for Shapovalov on paper anyone can lose to Gilles Miller on grass I mean Rafael Nadal did it at Wimbledon last year but I think it could be a bit of a watershed moment for Shapovalov in terms of making the necessary adjustments to his game to take him to the next level because I don't want to get too technical on you here Gigi because I don't have the playing background to to, <laughs> to justify it but he needs a blocked return doesn't he he needs to develop a blocked return against big servers like Muller and obviously he's particularly exposed in that regard on grass he's got those big swings and I think that's where he came up a bit short today and I think we also have to remember he's 19 and this time last year he was 193 
in the world. So the leaps and strides and bounds and everything he's done up those rankings is incredible. He's now sitting at 23 in the world. He's 19 years of age. So as you touched on, there's something he needs to bring into his game, but it's only natural when he's, he's still learning. He's still coming quite fresh to these tournaments. Yeah, the landscape of expectation has changed so <laughs> monumentally for Denis Shapovalov. A reminder that last year it was a surprise to see him come through qualifying. He needed a wild card to get into qualifying, came through that, beat Kyle Edmund. The whole thing was a, a massive surprise, and now here we are basically expecting him to win everything <laughs> and just a, a rise to world number one, you know, and, and assume that mantle. But it, it doesn't happen like that, not even for someone game, as talented it? as him. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's because of the game, it's because of how exciting it is to watch with that one-handed backhand. He's a lovely fella to speak to as well. He took part in the draw for the tournament and he's just a really nice guy. And as you say, expectations these days, you look at Sasha Zverev, 21 years of age, and look at what he's done and all these other young players that maybe we do put a little bit too much pressure on him. But yes, as you say, losing to someone like Muller on grass, that's uh, nothing to feel too down about. Yeah, it's not too shabby, is it? Stanford Rinker got his FIBA 2 championships underway with uh, a 6-2-6-3 win over Cameron Norrie. I spoke to Leon Smith about this earlier and he said, look, I don't want to be too down on Cameron Norrie. It, let's be honest, though, it wasn't his best performance. And I think, again, maybe we were guilty of expecting just a little bit too much from him because he adapted to clay so quickly. I mean, ahead of that Davis Cup tie in, in Mallorca, uh, where he beat Roberto Bautista and surprised anyone, he'd barely played on clay, had he? He had learnt to slide in the days before. So I think we all thought, oh, well, he'll take to grass like a duck to water as well. And and maybe we all just expected too much because, again, it just doesn't work like that. No, it, it doesn't. And we have to remember that a year ago, this tournament was his first professional tournament that's when he he said he hasn't quite completed his degree it's a four-year course he's done three years he can go back to it but he decided the time was right to turn professional and he has and he's done so well and he's leapt up those rankings but as you say you you get those standout results we're like come on now cam norrie take on the world and it's going to take him a little bit of time on the flip side i spoke to stan Vavrinka after the match he's he's really happy to be back to be playing he's very relaxed about things he's very concerned about fitting in matches around switzerland playing <laughs> in the world cup well and rightly so <laughs> yesterday but he's he's only got four wins this year it's been so tough coming back from the knee he said look I knew it was going to be tough it might be surprising for everyone else to see me come back and then stop again but he had a couple of weeks at home after losing super early in the French Open he said he's worked on his fitness it's about getting the fitness up to a proper level and he, he feels good we've talked about this year on year on when we get to the grass and Stan Varenka he, he's got the ability to do so well on the grass Personally, I don't think he'll ever win Wimbledon. It's the one that's missing now from his career Grand Slam. He's got everything there, but it's been a tough road back for Vavrinka. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I remember, particularly around the time a year and a half ago when he won the US Open, nearly two years ago, when he won that US Open final, beating Novak Djokovic in, in, in that final. I remember a lot of talk about his natural fitness. That sort of, you know, that it's kind of an effortless kind of fitness. He doesn't necessarily look, even at his prime, as fit as some of the other guys. He's pretty barrel-chested and, you know, built like an ox, but everyone talks about his natural fitness. So it's interesting hearing him talk about really, really having to work on that and get himself back to where he was. I, I think we were all guilty of taking too much for granted with these guys. And oh, he's so naturally talented and he's so naturally fit and naturally, naturally mentally strong. And actually, at this level, when these guys are this good, none of it comes that naturally. And I think we've also seen that Novak Djokovic, when you have an injury, in Stavrov Rinka, it was knee surgery, so he, yes, he can do upper body stuff, but he can't do the cardio or the running, and it's something they've done for most of their life as a professional athlete. And it, you lose it 
us mere mortals, when you don't exercise for it... Yeah, in about an hour and a half, I lose it. <laughs> it goes away very quickly, <laughs> and it's very difficult to get it back up. These guys have been doing it professionally, hour after hour. This has been their life. And when you get out of the habit and you can't do it for a while, and as you say, with, with Stan Wawrinka, I imagine it's just a little bit harder to get it back. Novak Djokovic spoke to us um, recently about how hard it has been to get back, and, and there's nothing like competitive matches and that's something he hasn't been able to get. Following them onto the centre court, Marin Cilic against Fernando Vidasco. I think ahead of time, most people's pick for match of the day. It wasn't it, it wasn't hugely disappointing. There are cra- there are cries coming Gigi. I think someone has scored. <laughs> someone has scored. I wonder what that was. At least it wasn't the music again. I think Feliciano <laughs> Lopez may have walked off the court if we'd suddenly heard a cheer out. We will court. by the time you're listening to this you'll definitely know who has scored. It is seven oh four UK time. Well, that so was quick. Whoever it? scored at nine oh four Russian time uh that was the goal you just you just heard in in real time so Marin Cilic uh the top seed here although he did just get leapfrogged by Grigor Dimitrov in the rankings this morning but of course the seedings were done last week so he is our top seed uh 6364 over Fernando Vidasco as I say not not a disappointment but not quite the match it could have been in another universe on another day it's sometimes interesting with Fernando Vidasco he can be the trickiest of opponents he can blow you off court if the if the forehand is working if the serve is penetrating or it can be slightly disappointing you're not quite sure but I think Marin Cilic will be very pleased against someone who was on paper a very tricky opponent I know he's in the twilight of his career now Vidasco but he's got more top 10 wins this year He's got four top ten wins this year that most he's had for about four or five years now. Tell Roger Federer about the twilight of his career. He is the oldest man in the top 100 at number one. It's amazing. That's my favourite stat ever, by the way. (laughs) I heard it today and I've been saying it to everyone I meet. I know he's not in the field of the Fever Tree Championships. I know we shouldn't be talking about him, but it's a great stat. You can always talk about the world number one. I think there's always room to squeeze in the world number one. Yeah, we just don't mention where he's playing this week. No, nowhere. Germany, Germany. It's the World (laughs) Cup, we don't talk about Germany. Um, Last on centre court today, before this wonderful doubles that we're we're witnessing before our very eyes, um, it was... Jay Clark up against the 2010 champion Sam Querrey eight years ago Gigi can you believe it's eight years since we saw those scenes Sam Querrey defeating Marty Fish it feels like Marty Fish has been retired a decade himself I mean I can't believe that um yeah Sam Querrey against Jay Clark 6-3 6-3 the result of that one again not not a disappointing match but one that never really caught fire Leon Smith said he had a very quick chat with Jay Clark after the match and he was really pleased at how disappointed Clark was you know wasn't too down on his performance but he wanted to win today he was playing in front of a home crowd first tour level match win he wasn't there just for the experience he'll take the experience but he wanted to win and Leon was very pleased to hear that. You, you do want someone to be disappointed. You don't want them to walk off saying, oh, well, I was never going to beat him because he is X and he is Y and he's done this and I'm not there. So really good that Jane, we spoke to on Media Day and he was so excited to be here, learning from everyone, excited to be playing at this level. But Sam Query, who recently got married, so we should say congratulations to the Queries. And did you know they haven't had their honeymoon yet because of the tennis calendar, but they might be going to an island where oh. there are pigs um, I'm sure there are many islands where there are pigs, but pigs that swim in the sea and pigs that hang around with you. It, it, do there happen to be pigs there, or have they chosen this honeymoon destination because of the pigs? I think I think Mrs. the new Mrs. Really Quarry has that, cho- crucial chosen it because it's a special island where pigs live as one with people. That's a bombshell, Gigi. <laughs> <laughs> Six years of this podcast. I don't think I've ever 
been quite so flummoxed as I am right now. Uh, moving on to other matters, tennis. <laughs> Francis Tierfo. <laughs> Francis Tierfo has won the next-gen battle against Jared Donaldson. I have to say, uh, it was a decent match, 6-4, 7-6, over on court number one. I saw Jared Donaldson hitting against Andy Murray on Saturday, and he was struggling to adapt to the grass. Again, a young guy. It's so We are lulled so much into a, and so quickly into a false insecurity with these young guys. We suddenly expect so much of them as soon as they've had a few good results, but... He's barely played on grass, and he, he looked like somebody that had barely played on the grass. I think that's the big thing. Coached by Jan Michael Gamble, and grass is, is not a surface he's that familiar with. He's very comfortable on the clay. He spent a lot of his younger years in South America learning a new language, working on the clay, because he wanted to vary his game. He's grown up on the hard courts. He brought clay into it. But grass is, is quite an alien thing. I've seen a fair amount of Jared Donaldson this year, and, and again, as you say, that these next-gen players, they're now... He's too old now for um, Jared, Donald- Jared Donaldson for next gen, but because I think they're a lot more on the line right now, and we're talking about next gen and we're getting to know them, there is a little bit more pressure on them. I do like Jared Donaldson. I've seen the the ugly side of Jared Donaldson in Monte Carlo when there was a standoff with the referee, and and a lot he's of quite people, an intense young man, isn't he? And it feels like there's no outlet. And on that occasion, with the umpire when he was questioning something and really getting up too close to Arno Gabos, it, it felt like if he had a way to release it, whether it's a Kevin Anderson come on after every single point or just something... Hey, not come on, it's commit. To commit. It's come on and commit, isn't oh. it? His well, box aren't allowed to say come on. Right, They're only banned. commit. Yeah. But they can say commit, he can say come on. But you think if Jared Donaldson had a bit of an outlet, whereas Francis Tivo is the polar opposite to the character you're dealing with. Very laid back, very relaxed, so, so much talent. Some people have said maybe they expect him to move a little bit further forward, but TFO has won the he's won his first title this year. He's won his first tour-level title, so it's hard, isn't it? Sometimes we lump them all together and say, well, if Sasha Zverev is doing this, you can all do this. But I think every now and then we just got to break them down and look at them individually. But a really good win for Francis TFO over Jared Donaldson. And in our final singles match of the day, Gigi, which is still ongoing, but only just, Daniil Medvedev, the lesser-spotted Russian that loves grass, uh, is a set and 5-3 up, serving for the match against Jack Sock, whose woeful year continues. He's had a really tough time of it, hasn't he, Jack Sock? When you think of, of that end and that just outstanding run when he was what, a, a set and 5-1 down or something to Kyle Edmund and then he goes and wins Paris and he gets to the Tour Finals and then it, it was a really bad start from the start of the year. I have a friend who works at the Auckland Tournament where he was defending champion and, and Sock was not happy with a few things. He's not happy that he wasn't scheduled in the evening and he lost easily and there was a lot of booing from the crowd and hasn't been able to pick up wins. He's got no confidence. His brother Eric living at one with animals, wow. with humans. Apparently not. Maybe he needs to go to the island. But his brother Eric has been travelling a little bit with him but it's it's a bit of a head scratcher for Jack Sock but then I don't know let's look at the others who finished the season Gregor Dimitrov his results have been up and down and he had that stunning end to the year so maybe Jack Sock now that was a goal that was a goal I I think the first one wasn't a goal (laughs) it wasn't a goal because the BBC Sport website headline until moments ago was early chances missed for Ah, England so we had an early chance and now we've had a goal but Jack Salt yeah I I don't know what he needs to do whether take a little bit of time step back he's been successful though we should say he's been successful in the doubles during this woeful run in the singles he has been getting results and picking up titles on the doubles court seems to be more relaxed and happier when he's alongside someone like John Isner on the doubles court but yeah it's, it's been a very tough 2018 for Jack Salt 
My BBC Sport app is still telling me that it's nil-nil, Gigi, so I don't know what all the cheering Maybe is about. Maybe that was a people, really good chance. People that love goalless football matches. Um, now, Grigor Dimitrov, you mentioned there, I feel like this is a big week for him. You know, when he in other years when he has been struggling, he comes here, he sees the grass, and suddenly you see his eyes light up and he softens, and I don't know, it all seems to come good for him. England have scored. Harry Kane. Great. Live commentary of England versus Tunisia on the tennis podcast. Um, but he opens things up on the centre court tomorrow against Demir Jumho. It's not a gimme, is it? It's not a gimme for Gregor. No, Demir Jumho is, is a great player. He's got he's got a real box of tricks. He can do a lot of different things. He's he's not the tallest of characters, but he's, he's very quick, good movement. Y- you would think on this surface that Dimitrov surely, surely would have too much. But uh, he's another... I find him a little bit of a head-scratcher, Grigor Dimitrov. He had such a cracking back-end to last year with the first Meisters title and then the, the World Tour Finals title. And a few people I knew tipped him to win the Australian Open. It didn't happen. Lost to Kyle Edwin. And then the results really dipped. They went up a little bit. Then they dipped again. And it's uh, I, I, I'm not sure whoever I speak to and try and sort of figure out Grigor Dimitrov, the loveliest guy, the nicest guy, but in terms of the consistency on the court, it's never quite there. Yeah, never quite there. But... But, and yet we still find ourselves always expecting so much from him, particularly here, of course, champion in 2014. You chatted to him yesterday, Gigi, and of course you asked him all the important questions. What have you been up to since you've been in London? Because keeping an eye on your social media accounts, you've been pretty busy and it's been quite varied. <laughs> yeah, I've, um, yes, first, sometimes the first part of the day is all about tennis and the second part is all about completely other things. Uh, but yeah, you know, I enjoy being in London a lot and I'm trying to just just keep a good line. It's as simple as that, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pretty easy going. But in the same time, I'm, I'm very excited to just play and just get as many hours as I can on the grass uh, before the rain or the weather start changing, which is fine. And I think I've learned my lesson, start always early <laughs> in London. Uh, but yeah, the second part of the day, it's, you know, whatever Haven't else. Haven't you been mixing do. with royalty? I have. <laughs> I have, I have. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was a great night, to be honest. It's uh, it's, it's such a great uh, great foundation, and it was the first time for me out there. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, I've yeah. always. What would you if I met someone from the royal family? You met Prince William. Yeah. What do you talk about? Uh, I we sp- we were very. Uh, I was very surprised. I mean, obviously, I was I was I was like, wow, I'm struck a little bit. So what should I say? I was like, is it <laughs> sir? Is it your highness? Uh, you know. But what, what did you say? What did you go with? I don't remember. <laughs> I just shook his hand. I was just so happy to meet him. Uh, I know he, he's obviously uh, it was unbelievable just to, to get to chat a little bit and uh, but again it was all about the charity for me that was that was uh, that was the one of the, the most important things for me and um, I spoke a little bit about tennis uh, and that he used to I mean he still goes to the tennis but also in the past he he loved to go to Wimbledon with his um, with his mom so there were just a lot of like like stories that he told me from the past so that was uh, that was a great thing he and- likes tennis. He does like tennis. Yeah, I offered him to get on the court one day, so yeah. Oh, well, That's okay. That would yeah. be cool. Yeah. And then you went to a packed, was it Wembley Stadium? Yes. How was that being at a packed Wembley? Uh, it's not my first time out there, but it's, uh, it's, it's always amazing, honestly. Like, uh, um, I just wanted to be like basic for one day. It's like, you know what, I'm going to take the tube and I'm going go to go to Wembley and I'm just going to just sit anywhere and just watch yeah. the concert. And that's what I did. I uh, took all my team and uh, I was like, guys, we're taking the tubes. They're like, what? I was like, come on, can't be that. you guys can't be that spoiled. So, yeah, we took the train and um, went to watch Wembley. Grigor Dimitrov there talking about his time slumming it on the tube and living it up with the royals. Yeah, and, and his team were really unhappy that they were on the tube and he... 
come on, guys, we're going to get the tune. We're going to yeah, do I, this normally. I love it. That counts as something really down to earth. I, I mean, I don't know about you, Gigi, but I get the tube sometimes, and I feel very pleased with myself <laughs> about, about what an earthy life I'm living on the normal, nether nether. But we couldn't quite figure out protocol for royals. I wasn't sure if he had to. Does he have to bow? Because you have to curtsy. I was thought he did certain, have to. But you said you level? asked him, and he didn't. And he said he looked. He said no. He said, "Was I meant to?" I think he might be in contravention sure of some sort of Maybe royal it's only protocol. A level there. of a royal you have to. I'm not quite sure. We will establish what the exact protocol is for, for royal meetings. It might be that he's now been blacklisted, but uh, yeah, it's so <laughs> nice, a nice ease in to the ways of life in London for, for Grigor Dimitrov. Novak Djokovic told you that his favourite thing to do in London was to go to juice bars. He's a healthy guy. He's a healthy guy. He's a healthy guy. He likes to juice. If you, if, you, if you look at him on Instagram, he's, he's in mountains, breathing in mountain air. He's surrounded by trees and likes juice. We know he has his gluten-free, dairy-free brownies and X, Y, Z. So he's, uh, he's the epitome of health. Doesn't Djokovic. he ever just get home after a hard day? You know, Let's say after his... French Open quarterfinal loss and just go I really want a pizza it doesn't look like it call up Franco Manca (laughs) it doesn't look like it does he not have Deliveroo if he does he hides it on himself very well the man just likes to juice I'll leave him alone I'll let him juice Uh, second on the centre court tomorrow is Novak Djokovic post juicing and uh, he plays John Millman who we are dubbing the nicest man in tennis uh, John Millman is, uh, is is very funny. He did a wonderful message for Andy Murray that you'll be able to see over the Fever Tree Championships social media when he basically said to Andy Murray, the challenge I set is I'm now higher ranked than you and so your target is just to go higher up the rankings than me. <laughs> and said it with a little smile. And also his party trick, which he is going to do for us, which I mentioned with David last night, is to tie a knot in his tongue with a snake. I found some... Snake. Well, I found some sweetie snake. Not I've, yeah. Oh, not a. Not live I found wriggler. some caterpillars, and I brought them, and we were very excited. And he said, "I'm ready to do this." And I held out my bag of caterpillars, and he said, "What are these? What do you think these are?" And I said, "The Colin the caterpillar," mm. and he said, "I can't do it with Colin." So we are currently, <laughs> phrase it in concierges, sourcing us some John Millman approved snakes. And tomorrow he is going to be showing us his party trick, which I promise will then, uh, well, we'll report back on, but we'll also post on social media. I can't do it with Colin. That is a a, a quote from the mouth of John Millman, uh, who will be taking on Novak Djokovic, a, wild, small, a qualifier apparently. against a wild card. And our second match of the day on centre court tomorrow. Now, let's face it, the match of the day, unequivocally, tomorrow is the third one on centre court. It's Andy Murray. It's Nick Kyrgios. It's a round one match. And we heard from Andy Murray yesterday some very, very frank thoughts from him ahead of his comeback about how little he's expecting. So why don't we now hear from his first round opponent, Nick Kyrgios. Well, Nick, it's great to have you back here at the Queen's Club. We've had some shocking draws and some really bad luck here over the years, but I know you love it here and it must be great to be back. Yeah, as you said, I haven't had the greatest luck here. Um, you know, I've played some tough opponents here, but ultimately that's why we play in these lead-up tournaments. You know, I want to be able to play some of the best grass quarters in the world, obviously for the bigger, you know, bigger tournament next week in Wimbledon. So... Again, I just look at it as an opportunity to go out there playing one of the best grass quarters um, and, and get my game in check for Wimbledon. You've had some incredible matches and wins, particularly at Wimbledon. Do you consider yourself one of the best grass quarters on your day? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I grew up playing on grass when I was a youngster and I always felt comfortable on it. Um, I thought my game kind of suited the way the, the surface played, my serve, my backhand and my, kind of my hand. So, 
you know, instincts, um, I think on this surface, uh, you know, I, f I feel comfortable. Um, I know when to come forward and stuff. So I feel, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm definitely one of the threats at Wimbledon. Depending on how you look at it, you've had a pretty shocking draw this year as well, former world number one, Andy Murray. <laughs> I know you've been very close over the years. He's helped you a lot on the tour. Have you missed him? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, having him back today, you know, I saw him on the court. Um, you know, we just got traded next to each other. Um, you know, I think he's just got a presence where, you know, I feel comfortable around him. Um, you know, he's always supported me, as you said, but it's good to have him back. I think, you know, a lot of guys missed him. Um, and, you know, for me, it's just good to see him back, I guess. Will it be tough for you to try and get the competitive juices flowing, playing against him? I know in other circumstances you'd wish him well upon his return. Yeah, um, I don't think I'm going to have any problem going out there and competing tomorrow. Um, you know, I've, I've always been supportive of him. You know, um, you know, I, I sent him a couple of messages when he was, you know, obviously away. I sent, t telling him I hope everything's okay. So I'm going to be obviously I want to go out there and win tomorrow. Um, you know, obviously want to keep my preparations going for Wimbledon and, and carry on from last week in Stuttgart. So. He doesn't think he's the favourite. He doesn't expect to win. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I don't really. I don't really know. I don't really know what to expect at this stage. Um, you know, he looked good in practice today. He look, always looks, I guess, pretty good from the back of the court. But you know, with the nerves, and we'll see how everything plays out for him. You know, um, you know, he might get out there and may feel terrible. Who knows? So we'll, we'll see what happens. And it's not just about the singles for you this week. The doubles as well with Leighton, the man that can't retire. <laughs> yeah, um, you know. It doesn't surprise me anymore when I see his name in the draw. Um, you know, hope, and it, it feels like my number's being called this week to play with him and keep his, you know, career alive. I, I, I always have that fear that if he plays with me, then that's his last match for sure. So, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, he's still he's still good enough to play singles, so we'll see how it goes. Best of luck for both, Nick. Cheers. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. 
Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. So some really nice words there from Nick Kyrgios. He's so heartfelt, isn't he, when he talks about Andy Murray. And and as ever there in that interview, he loves the guy, doesn't he? He just (laughs) loves the guy. It's a a beautiful bromance. But the fact is, in their previous five meetings, it is that bromance that love he has for him that respect i think more than anything has really affected his his level and his performance against murray that's why it feels it's match a day in one sense and it's in a pure tennis sense it's not i think this is the most level they've been in terms of andy murray hasn't played since wimbledon last year he's finding his feet once again on the tennis court and nick kyrgios is finally playing pain-free after the elbow problems, which is fantastic for him. And last year here, he had to pull out of Queens and Wimbledon due to hip problems. But it, when they step out onto a court, he uh, he freezes. It's almost like he respects Andy Murray too much. I mean, as you mentioned, that, that 5-0 head-to-head is is incredible for someone as talented as Nick Kyrgios. Yes, you could look at and rankings and say, well, the high-ranked players always won, but it's well, just And for somebody like Kyrgios, who usually pulls his best out against the top players, that's his thing, isn't it? It's the big occasion, it's, it's the big opponents. It's, it's, it's absolutely mind-boggling. It's going to, for me, it's going to be interesting because it, it does, as I said, feel like the most level they've been in terms of uh, Murray has told you he has no expectations he's just happy to be out there Nick Kyrgios is pain-free and he's looking good and he looked good last week but it's going to be interesting to see when they step out in the court I know most eyes will be on Murray and the movement and how he copes but how Nick Kyrgios plays because Nick Kyrgios should win that match but I would still go with Andy Murray yeah, I, I mean, I'm glad you've pinned your colours to the mask because I wasn't going to. <laughs> but one prediction is enough <laughs> on this tennis podcast. Um, yeah, it's going to be brilliant. It is going to be absolutely brilliant. I, 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 I just hope neither of them fall over because, <laughs> of course, Andy Murray uh, had a woeful time. Nick Kyrgios fell over here in the first round last year and he's had a, a shocking raft of, of draws here at the Fever Tree Championships over the years, hasn't he? Absolutely woeful. 0 for 3 in terms of matches. And that's not because he hasn't played brilliantly he's just uh, he's just had a really bad luck, run of luck so at least a good match and a good performance so no from him over. I hope no falling <laughs> over from either of them that's our main goal um, the final match of the day on centre court Ryan Harrison against Kyle Edmund Kyle the seventh seed here but grass not his favourite surface so that one will be interesting but I just before we leave you wanted to, to draw your attention to the matches on court one because boy is that a good court to have a ticket for tomorrow first up Milos Raonic of course the finalist here a couple of years ago is against the qualifier Yuki Bambri of India I remember when Yuki Bambri was the junior world number one donkeys years ago that's making me uh, feel pretty old Thomas Burdick against Julian Benito David Goffin against Feliciano Lopez the defending champion that is a match that I want to see Gigi um, so if you're coming down with a, a grounds pass tomorrow there are some assigned seating places on court one but some available for people with grounds passes as well Get your get your bum on the seat early for that one, and then the final match, Adrian Manorino against Dan Evans. He's receiving a wild card. It'll be his first tour level match since coming back from the drugs ban. It was it was pretty much a year ago to the day here at Queens that we heard the news that he was calling a press conference. Of course, he eventually announced that he had tested positive for for cocaine. He ended up receiving the ban. His his wild card, his return, everything about Dan will always divide opinion. But here he is, in his own words, on his comeback. It's great to be back. It's a great tournament, one of the best stops of the year for the for the tour. So um, you know, I'm grateful as well for the for the opportunity to play here again. 
I know you won't want to dwell too much on, on the past year, but we have to touch upon it. It was practically a year to the day that we all got the call to your press conference during Queen's. Can you reflect on the year that you've had? Yeah, um, had plenty of time to reflect. Um, that's basically what I did for the year. Uh, it was a tough year, yeah, and, um, you know, just glad it's over, to be honest, and back back playing, doing what I hopefully can do do best. When you say tough, are there any sort of particular moments, highs and lows that you can pick out that, that you've been through? No, not really. I mean, it's just the, the whole process of, of it all was, was difficult, you know, including, you know, doing a press conference was probably the hardest part. But, you know, the boredom of not, not having anything to do and, you know, watching other people do well was, was tough, yeah. You're back. You seem to be in great shape. You've played yourself into some really good form. How close to to the player that you were a year or so ago do you feel now? Um, it's difficult to gauge, really. Um, you know, this week will give me definitely a, a better uh, understanding of where my game is. You know, there's a few things I could do a little better. I just don't feel quite there yet. But you know, hopefully we can get get a few wins this week, and um, that will definitely be positive signs for the future. Andy's obviously been away for a long period, same period that, that you've been away. Have you two been, been keeping in touch? No, I haven't spoke to Andy. Uh, you know, obviously had a, had a lot to focus on with his hip and stuff. And hopefully it's, he's back now and um, I wish him all the best. To, hopefully it's great for British tennis when he's winning. Are you looking forward to, to getting onto the court, to, to letting your tennis do the talking? You've obviously got Adrian Manorino here in the first round. Yeah, it'd be great to just, you know, get out there again. It's nice to have a day off today. Obviously, played the final yesterday in Nottingham. So, um, you know, it's nice to, you know, enjoy a bit of downtime and then get going again tomorrow. It'd be great. And do you set yourself goals at this stage in your career? Is it just about matches, just about getting the feelings again, being grateful kind of for every minute? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, getting getting the minutes on the court is great and matches, um, you know, it, it's it's difficult day like each day you know the, with the, with how my body is and stuff so hopefully we can you know like get some wins this week would be great just finally Dan when I spoke to, to Andy about his time away I know the circumstances were different but he talked about how it gave him a new perspective on the game made him kind of fall in love with it in a slightly different way is there any of that for you yeah definitely um you know you obviously miss it a lot more when something's taken away from you. So, yeah, definitely um, enjoy the game a lot more. Well, not a lot more, but, you know, it's a different understanding of tennis. Now, you know, I've, I got back to be to be allowed to play against. It was tough, yeah. So that's Dan Evans playing his first tour-level match uh, since returning from his band. That will be tomorrow or today, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, against Adrian Manorino on court number one. It is... An absolutely glorious order of play at the Fever Tree Championships tomorrow. Gigi, this is probably a redundant question, but what's your pick of the matches? <laughs> uh, my pick of the matches, I, I was trying to find a different one. Um, it, for tennis reasons, I'm going to go Davo Goffer against Feliciano Lopez. For, for headline reasons, showbiz reasons, everything else, I will go for Nick Kyrgios, Andy Murray. I think mentioning Lopez might be a good idea because he, it looks like he might be about to lose the doubles match I think that's that we're why watching. he looked unhappy when there was that burst of music because at that point they were set, but it was set in a breakup. It's all gone wrong. Oliver Marek and Malte Pavic. Pavic is the number one individual doubles player in the world and his partner is number two. They have been in some stunning form from winning the Australian Open at the start of the year and Pavic won the mixed doubles and Pavic got to the um, latter stages, the final of the French Open. So these guys the, the Lopi, Feliciano and Mark, a fantastic doubles pairing, but 
Marek and Pavic at the moment are playing some sensational stuff on the doubles court. 40 up in the Champions tiebreak. We wish you well, Feliciano, but if you do go out here, you've got the singles to look forward to tomorrow. And on that note, we shall leave you to look forward to that glorious order of play that we have at the Fever Tree Championships on Tuesday here at the Queen's Club. We have been the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph, with our executive producers, Melanie Bowes, Triple S, and TennisBalls.com, with the Manga Club as well. And of course... We'll be back tomorrow. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market